thank God for that name. Hallelujah. Church, I believe that all of us pray for Brother Looper every day, and we should. But I say, preacher, preach to me. I've got to be saved. Brother Looper, come preach to us, brother. Bless him. Praise the Lord, everybody. Won't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Praise God. Praise God. How many is glad to be in church today? What about the rest of you? Are you really glad to be in the house of God today? Praise God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's a good place to be. Church is a good place to be. Amen. Lord bless you. you may be seated. So good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord this morning. Lord bless you for being in God's house. Thank you, Brother Duplessy, for the great Word of God this morning. And uh, that was good today. Amen. Amen. I think we need to get things in order. We need to do the right things. Amen. We don't have much time left. And uh, I want to do everything that I can for the kingdom of God's sake. Amen. So thankful for everyone that's in the house of the Lord today. I want you to know if you are a guest here today, we're honored that you've come to be with us. Thank you so very much for coming. And uh, we know and uh, understand that there's a lot of places that you could be today. And uh, we are so glad that you've chose First Pentecostal Church in Silsby, Texas to come be with us. Why don't the church family give our guests a hand clap today? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. And uh, we have had a, a, a good time last night at the uh, Sunday school banquet and uh, just a wonderful time. Appreciate everyone that participated in that. Proud of all of our Sunday school children and got to hear about their accomplishments through the year and uh, thankful for that. And uh, how, how many was there last night? How many was at the Sunday school banquet last night? Did it look amazing or what? Amen. And appreciate everyone that worked so hard in decorating that. And last night they were about to tear it all down, get ready for tonight. And I said, you know, that's too pretty to tear down, too neat to tear down. Let's wait and let's see it one more time. So we're going to see it tonight after church. And uh, when you go in, uh, it'll be kind of dark and uh, everything kind of lights up under the black lights. So it's very neat. want everyone to see it. And uh, that will be tonight after uh, the children's musical. And this is just, I guess this is just kids weekend. And uh, so we've had a fun field time and uh, looking forward to the children's musical tonight. So be here. That does not mean that you shouldn't come tonight. Just because we're not having service as normal, but this is a, um, a, a project of the church. And so I think that when we have something at church, you ought to be at church. Amen. That's, that's half-heartedly, but that's still the way I feel anyway. Amen. So remember that. Seven o'clock tonight. I want all of you, uh, young people to be inviting people to come to church or tonight for the musical. And uh, that's what it's all about. All of you children, uh, be sure, and not all of them are in yet, but be sure to go call your grandma and your grandpa and your 
aunts and your uncles and everybody that's connected in your family and uh, have them to come watch you tonight. And uh, we're going to have a great time, a lot of fun, and a uh, good time at church. It's always a good time to come to church. Amen. So remember that tonight that will start at 7 o'clock. Then following that, we have uh, refreshments for after service, so we want everyone to come over and uh, we'll have a good time over in the gym. Got some special activities. They'll be doing a puppet show over there uh, tonight after the um, the musical. So we'll have a great time there. And uh, we want to uh, remind you of the boys club. If you're not in the boys club, you need to get joined up in the boys club. Brother John East is head of that. So uh, they need to meet with everyone this morning after Sunday school and after church in the men's prayer room. This is ages from 6 to 12. And uh, if you're younger than 6 uh, and you want to be part of the boys' club, you can as long as every activity your uh, dad is there with you or some adult to take care of you. So, so that is from 6 up to 13. So remember that. And uh, that will be taking place. Some of you boys that's 13 that think you'd still like to be in the boys' club, we let them graduate before, when they turn 12 to go on youth trips. So you can you can ungraduate to get in the boys' club, I guess, if you're a little too old for that. So remember that immediately after church, meet with Brother John in the men's prayer room. We want to uh, remind you uh, that of the... Uh, uh, eating meeting that we have coming up Tuesday night at uh, at Catfish Cabin. That's not right now. We got a little ways to go before we're going to be eating this morning. But uh, at Catfish Cabin, I, I my family and myself want to treat everyone to a dinner there that will start at seven o'clock Tuesday night. So I ask all the church to be present there. And uh, you can even, if you say, well, I'm not a member of the church, if you come here uh, enough to where we know who you are, you're more than welcome. And uh, I, I don't want to say just go invite everybody because somebody's got to pay for this bill. And uh, so uh, <clears throat> you're welcome to come. We want everyone uh, that possibly can to be there and to make a way to be there. And it is our treat. And uh, we're having a Saints Appreciation Day come Tuesday evening. So remember that Tuesday evening. Don't forget, Brother and Sister Smith will be here with us next Sunday morning and Sunday night. And uh, he will be just getting back from a mission trip to Haiti and the Dominican Republic. So he'll have some uh, news on that. And uh, so looking forward to them being here next Sunday morning and Sunday night. Brother Hare's Youth Weekend is starts uh, Friday, so uh, the bus will be leaving here at 5.30 Friday evening, coming back in the wee, wee hours of the morning. And then Saturday, the bus will leave it at 1 o'clock going back for church. So it is not church Friday night, it's activities and uh, uh, Friday night, but church will be Saturday. Uh, anyone is welcome to go. And uh, the church service is very good. I encourage all of you to go to the church service. It will be there at the convention center at Moss Bluff, or at, at Lake Charles Convention Center. So remember that. And uh, looking forward to a great time. Along with Brother Duplessy, I 
I uh, congratulate or celebrate with Sister Joyce this morning on her birthday. And uh, I'm sorry, Sister Joyce, I did not send you a card. Um, I feel I feel bad about that, but when I think about it, I, I don't ever get my children or my wife cards either. So I'm lacking in that. But Sister Joyce does a wonderful job of not forgetting people's birthdays, people's anniversaries. I get cards from Sister Joyce, and it reminds me of what what time of year it is and what's going on. Some holidays that I forget is even going on, and she reminds me with cards. I went over to pray for her one day, and uh, I stepped into her house, and she just got a shipment of cards. This is not cards that people send her. This is cards she got in. She don't she don't have to go to Walmart to buy them. She buys them in the bulk. I think they're delivered uh, by a semi truck. And uh, so, so we do appreciate Sister Joyce. Thank her for all that she does. And lots of times those cards come to me at very critical times, and I'm thankful for everyone that I get. Appreciate Sister Joyce today. Amen. Good to have Brother and Sister Brooks in church with us today. Was at the banquet last night. Thank them for coming to that celebrating the accomplishments of their children, and uh, good to have them in church today. Let's get into the Word of the Lord. Turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse number 25. We'll read a few passages of Scripture from there. I'll try my best to deliver to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart today. Amen. I'm, I'm looking for God to do something for us today. How many come expecting something from the Lord? Amen. Amen. If you feel good enough to be in the house of God, you are to be happy today. Amen. Thank God I'm not homesick in the bed. Praise God. Praise God. There's a lot of sickness been going on. And uh, I, I tell you, I've been running from it as, as fast as I can. And I, I got home last night. I wasn't feeling too well. And I had my throat was getting sore, my head was getting congested. I don't know if it was a donut I ate last night or what, but uh, the Lord helped me on that project. I almost choked, and uh, we just made it on through. Uh, Tony was trying to feed it to me a little faster than what I could get it in my mouth and swallow down my throat. But anyway, thank the Lord. We had such a great time last night. Anybody have a good time? Amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse number 25. The Scripture says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years. A certain woman had an issue of blood of twelve years. And had suffered many things of many physicians. And had spent all that she had and was nothing better. Everybody say she wasn't any better. Everybody say, she wasn't any better. Say it like you mean it. She wasn't any better. Say it just like you spent all you had and you're still not any better. (laughs) All right, she wasn't any better. But rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched His garment, For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Everybody say with me, when she heard of Jesus. 
Amen. Lord bless you. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and let's pray right now. God, we love you today. We thank you, Savior, for this opportunity that you've given us to come to your house to worship and to praise and to magnify your wonderful name. We ask you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to fill this house. Come on, somebody reach out to the Lord with me right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, worship Him right now. Somebody just tell God how good He is. Oh, you're a good God. Come on, give Him some praise. Give Him some glory. Give Him some honor. He's worthy of all of our praises. He's worthy of all of our praises today. Hallelujah. 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 One more time. Clap your hands unto the Lord with all your might. Clap your hands unto the Lord with all your might. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I I want to uh, try to preach to you this morning what I feel on my heart for this service today. And uh, I'll give you a um, a little story about where this kind of came from, my thought, my title uh, for uh, this this service this morning. I was reading a story of a man uh, that was sharing some life experiences that he had had. And he talked about how that his life was was on the right track, and he was a very successful man, and and uh, had a great job, uh, great family. Uh, great wife, great children, everything seemed to be going well in his life. And, and somewhere uh, in the process of time, he got a little off track. And he started uh, doing some things that was very detrimental to his spiritual walk with God. And uh, then detrimental to his relationship with his wife and uh, with his family. He wound up. Uh, it led, you see, sin, sin, uh, knows no boundaries. Amen. Sin, uh, don't, don't understand, uh, where you draw the line. The old saying is that sin will take you further than you ever anticipated going, and it'll keep you longer than you ever anticipated staying. And it will help you wind up in a, a, uh, a destination you never intended on going to. Sin is cruel. Sin is a hard taskmaster. And uh, so this man started getting involved in uh, just a peel every now and then to help him rest at night. And then it called for something else and, and uh, internet activities and then extra relationships. And so he finds his life in a, a uh, terrible Way He finds himself in a situation that he can't get out of. He has lost his job. He has lost the things that he possessed. He is on the verge of losing his family. And uh, everything seems to have cratered. And he said he was going on this road at full speed and never had the sense enough to turn around. He said in one day... He, he was praying and talking to God. 
And uh, so in his prayer, uh, this was his testimony. God gave me the gift of desperation. This was his testimony, that when God gave him the gift of desperation, he found out that he was in a desperate situation and he needed to make desperate moves to get out of the situation that he was in. So from that thought this morning, I would like to take my title and try to preach to you today what I feel on my heart. I want to talk about the gift of desperation, the gift of desperation. Desperation is simply meaning the state of being desperate. That's quite complicated to understand. But the state of being desperate, it calls for reckless calls by despair. When you are in despair, you get reckless. I can, I can remember a few years ago, and uh, back uh, before Brother Allen and uh, Sister Angela and my wife and myself uh, entered into uh, marriage, and uh, there were some guys that got together. And they had this great plan and this great idea that they were going to pull a trick on us. It was quite the master plan. And uh, so they had got together and they had got some people that that we did not know. And, and uh, they had a gun and uh, they had some blanks in the gun. Now, don't, don't anybody try this. This is very, very... Uh, uh, trying time of my life. And uh, so uh, they went, they, they had all this stage. Well, Brother Allen and myself didn't know anything about it. So we get up, they're going to take us on a bachelor party. We're about to get married pretty close to the same time, so it's a good time to get both of us together at the same time. So we leave here, Seals Bend, we take off to Beaumont. And a bunch of boys in the car, and uh, you know we're we're headed to have a good time and celebrate, and uh, before real life starts, and uh, so we're on our way. With this guy pulls up behind us and has his bright lights on us. You know, we're a bunch of bunch of guys, bunch of teenagers. You know about we we have entered into the great life of manhood, and uh, ain't nobody gonna give us the bright lights. And so uh, they start talking, and, and uh, you know, what's this guy thinks he's doing? Brother Jason uh, Cooper back here, he was driving his daddy's Lincoln Continental. We was riding in style, brother. And uh, so uh, he was driving there, and, you know, he's always meek, quiet, never gets involved in anything. And uh, so we're riding along there, and they give us a bright light, so we pull over behind them and, and uh, run up on their bumper, and they slam on the brakes, and we're bright lighting them back. You know, somebody gives you the bright lights, give them the bright lights back. They turn off of uh, uh, the highway here going under the bridge at uh, Village Creek going into Lumberton. Now, at this time, I'm about to get concerned because I'm... I'm a minister of the gospel at a young age, and here I am off with all of these people. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, you know, it wouldn't be very profitable for me. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, and, and uh, 
I'm trying to marry the pastor's daughter, and uh, I, I want to always be showing my best side. I wouldn't want to show that I could get angry or anything like that. And uh, so I said, you know, I don't think this is a good idea, guys. Oh, yeah, 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 there's enough of us. Not but three of them in that vehicle. We can take them. I said, ooh, I said, this don't sound like it's going to end up good to me. And so we take off down this dirt road. It's dark. I don't like the dark. And uh, it's dark down there. I can remember uh, trying to plead with them. It's my story, and I'm going to tell it the uh, way I want it to be told. And so uh, <clears throat> I can remember pleading with them, don't, don't do this. We don't need to do this. Now, I did crawl over the top of the seat. I was riding behind uh, Brother Jason, and I crawled over the top of the seat and was trying to get the ignition key, the keys out of the ignition. Well, they overpowered me, and so I went back to the back seat. Well, we pull up. This truck pulls up. Our lights hit this truck. This guy with long hair and a long beard jumps out on the other side of the truck with the gun. You can't even fit it into this room. It was so big. And uh, he throws it over the top of the truck. Two guys uh, jumps out on the front, Jim Allen and, and uh, <clears throat> Brian Tanton. And uh, I can remember it just like it's yesterday. Don't tell me I don't remember it. This is forever tattooed in my brain. And uh, Brother Jason jumps out on the other side. About the time he comes over with the gun, they start running the other direction. This guy starts shooting. Fire was coming out of that gun. Lord, you you couldn't even get that in the parking lot. And uh, it, it was scary. It was scary. Me and Brother Allen went into travail. <clears throat> and uh, Brother Charles was in the back seat with us. And uh, he was the only grown man there. And I look over at him and he is... <laughs> And he is red in the face and he's shaking. And his head is shaking. I said, my Lord, he's a grown man and he's scared out of his mind. What I didn't know is he was laughing out of his mind. And uh, so, <laughs> so here comes the guy with the gun. Well, when he sticks that gun in that front seat over that back seat, me and Brother Island standing there, or sitting there like a couple scared uh, <laughs> wimpy people. People tell me what they're going to do when somebody sticks a gun. I said, yeah, you just wait. Hope that day never happens, but you'll do desperate things because it's desperate times. And uh, so he, he told us what he was going to do to us. And it wasn't nice what he said he was going to do. It wasn't like he was going to take us to Sunday school class or anything like that. But um, <clears throat> he said, get out of the car. Well, we was happy to get out of the car. We started... Out of the car. He comes around this way. We're crawling on all fours through the mud, through the gravel. I wasn't worried about getting dirty. I wasn't worried about anything. It was worried about getting away from the man that what had the gun. I come around the back of the car. And Jim Allen is sprawled out on the ground. It's dark. I can't see. And I put my hands on him. And my hands fall in some gooey, mushy stuff. Well, I wasn't even in my right mind. I thought the man had been shot. And so I go into prayer. God, touch him. 
God, do something. And then I started saying, oh God, He's going to kill everybody out here because He's done killed one person. He's not going to leave any witnesses. I'm telling you, it was desperate times. And so um, Jim Allen said he was having a hard time not laughing, but he was, <coughs> he was a choking and a gagging anyway. And uh, I, I wasn't even sane enough to know that, you know, blood is not cold. It would be warm. And what was on my hands was cold mud. And, uh, but I was not even sane enough or in my right mind to even pick up on that. Well, the guy walks behind us with the gun and, uh, I said, well, <laughs> brother Jim, I hate to see you die, but I'm gone. And we was back up in the car and, uh, out of the car and through the car. And man, it was just, it seemed like it went on for hours and it was only a short period of time. And uh, I've heard people say, oh, what I would do in that kind of situation. They say, why didn't you run? Why didn't you? You know, we were in woods, and now I look back at it. He couldn't have shot everybody out there. But but I look at it, well, the smart thing would have done when, when them other guys jumped out of the car headed toward him, me to jump out of the car running in the opposite direction to get to the woods and hide. But looking back, is different than when you was actually there. And uh, so so finally, after a process of time, we're hunkered down behind the car. I ain't going to tell you all that Brother Allen said and all the confessions that he made. And uh, But it was quite funny when we start. He did. Now, he did beg the guy not to kill him because he was getting married tomorrow. That guy didn't care if he was getting married or not. But uh, I made a few confessions. I told them it wasn't my fault, it was their fault. I didn't do it. I throwed everybody under the bus because it was desperate times. You hear me? And so we're hunkered down behind the car, and we're, I don't know what we thought we was doing, but we was hunkered down having a prayer meeting, I guarantee you that. And we heard somebody laughing. And uh, so finally after we heard that commotion... I wasn't even brave enough. Brother Allen got brave enough to stick his head up over the car. He said, those guys is over there huddled up with everybody else laughing. I said, you kidding me? He said, no, man. He said, it must be a joke. I said, praise God, what a miracle. Amen. Man, I felt like having church right there. And... uh we run over there, and Brother Allen actually hugged and kissed on the guy, thanking him for not killing him. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> but we were so excited. People said, didn't it make you mad when you found out it was a joke? Lord, no, it made me happy. When I found out it was a joke, I thought I was going to die, and now I shall live. Life is good. But, but you know, I, and I think back, on desperation. Desperation will make you do some of the craziest things that you've ever heard of in your life. Has anybody ever seen anybody that was desperate? Man, I can remember 
uh, uh, things happening and, and just the way you act when, when desperation sets in. You run. You don't know what you're running for. You jump. You don't know why you're jumping. You, you take off. You, you don't know where you're going when you take off because desperation sets in. It's a desperate time. I can remember a, 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 a story of when I was at a camp meeting one time and, and, uh, I heard the, the ambulance pass by and we were standing outside and my dad and, a, and another man there in the church and he said, I bet something has happened down at the creek. I bet somebody's in trouble down there. We jumped in the car, took off down there and, uh, to, to only see, uh, a, a woman screaming bloody murder. And just screaming and hollering, running, not knowing what she was running for, where she was running to, and and uh, what had happened. Her little uh, five-year-old boy had some way, while they were occupied doing other things, had slipped off into the creek, and they had got his body out. He was already deceased when the ambulance got there. I seen the sense, and I felt the sense of desperation. It didn't matter who was there. It didn't matter who was watching. It didn't matter what else was going on. Time stood still because of a desperate mother and her cry over the loss of a child. Amen. Desperation is something that cannot be explained, I don't believe. The Scripture said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6, it said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. You can say, oh, you've read that Scripture for the last three weeks, and I can't help it, but but I, I just get high-centered on some things sometimes. And Luke chapter 6 and verse 21 says, Blessed are they that hunger now, for they shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep. Now, for they shall laugh. Amen. There is something about desperation. Amen. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 14, the Scripture said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. As I look at this woman and her sickness that she had, amen, her desperation from only getting worse, and she realizing that the doctors can't do it, and the people that I am around can't do it, but she heard that Jesus was passing by. She made up in her mind, if I can but touch the hem of His garment, I know that everything is going to be alright. What happened to her in her life? I tell you what happened. God gave her the gift 
of desperation. Amen. I tell you today, some of you may be going through things that is undescribable. Amen. You might be facing situations that you cannot understand and you don't know why it's happening or why you're going through it. You may have sickness in your body that cannot be explained. But I want to tell you if God some way would stir up our hearts and give us the spirit and the gift of desperation, there is no telling what God would do in our lives. Amen. Amen. If God some way would give us as a church the spirit or the gift of desperation, there is absolutely no telling what God would do in our midst. It's like Brother Duplessis said, we are rich and we are increased with goods and we really don't have a lot of needs that we have to get really desperate about. Amen. But if some way we could look through the eyes of God and understand there has to be a sense of desperation in our spirit and in our life that drives us from where we're at, that would drive us from complacency, that would drive us from our relaxed atmosphere and to the spiritual realm where God wants us to be. Amen. Desperation. Desperation, I've heard it said that desperation will double your strength. Amen. People that have done incredible things in times of despair, in times of desperate situations, they have moved objects that were otherwise unmovable to them. Amen. I can remember when I was about 15 years old, uh, we were out cutting wood one day at our farm, and a tree fell on a preacher friend of ours, and it fell across him and uh, it killed him. But but there that day, my brother-in-law took that tree that was about this big around, a big oak tree, and he actually, under the point of despair, he picked that tree up and moved it off of the top of that man. Amen. Because of adrenaline, because of despair, it was something that he could not do otherwise. We went out after that, a few weeks after it, the tree still laying in the same position, and six or Seven men could not pick it up. But the act of despair, I want to tell you there is something about a despair response to God that will get His attention. Amen. We pray and say, God, I need You. But if You don't do it, I have other resources. But when we get to the place that we have nowhere else to go, that we have no other answer, that we have nowhere else to move, I want to tell you, God will give us the gift of desperation. Hallelujah. 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 This lady made up in her mind, I must but 
touch the hem of his garment. I cannot go on like this any longer. Amen. I feel that sometimes we get to enjoying our situation. We get to feeling good in our pity party of what we're doing and what we're going through. Amen. I say sometimes we get around and we brag about all the medication that we're on and the sicknesses that we have and the ailments that we feel in our body. Amen. But I want to tell you it's time that God would stir up the spirit of desperation in our spirit that would say, God, I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of not getting my victory. I'm tired of only getting so far and not getting any further. I come for a breakthrough. I come for a miracle. I come for deliverance. I can't go home the way that I came, but I gotta go home a changed man. I've got to go home a changed woman. I'm not gonna live like this any longer. Hallelujah. The gift of desperation. For 12 years, for 12 years, this woman suffered. She suffered many things by many different physicians. For 12 years, she only got worse. But one day she made up in her mind, I'm going to touch his clothes. If I can just get close enough to reach out and touch him, I know everything is going to be all right. Pressing her way through the crowd. It didn't matter the discouraging words of get back lady. He don't have time for you right now. Don't do it now. Don't get in the way. Jesus is coming by this place. Amen. But there was a different look in her eye. There was a different look in her spirit. Amen. It wasn't the same as it was yesterday because something had been stirred up. I have seen people come to church and they come in a relaxed atmosphere and a relaxed state of mind and then I've seen them where something has clicked in their mind and in their spirit you can see the look in their eye I come after something tonight I come after something today I come for deliverance I come for a miracle I come for a change I want to tell you God can stir up in you the gift of desperation Pressing her way through the crowd. Amen. She reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. And immediately, she was made whole. And Jesus said, Who touched me? They all looking around said, What do you mean, Lord? There's many people that's around you. There's people all around you touching you. And you say, who touched me? But there is a difference. When someone that is desperate touches him. There's a difference in just coming to church. And coming to church. There's a difference in showing up. And then having a move of God. 
There's a difference in being in a relaxed state than saying, hey, I can't take it like this any longer. I've got to have a move in my family. I've got to have a move in my children. I've got to have a move in my marriage. I've got to have a move in my job. I've got to have a move in my spirit. I can't go on another day. I've got to have a touch from God. Amen. There there starts to resemble. Amen. The spirit that was in this lady that said, If I can but touch Him, if I can but some way press through the cloud, if I can come in on a Sunday morning, in February just like this Sunday morning and say I gotta get through the stuff I don't care who's looking I don't care who's got this to say or that to say but I come for a miracle I come to touch him I come to get strength I come to get help I come for deliverance and today is my day Hallelujah. 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 Amen. In 2 Kings, the 7th chapter, it tells us a story of bad times. Amen. It tells us a story of Samaria being surrounded by the Syrian army. They had shut them off. They were starving them out. They could not come out of the city to get goods. They had ate, eaten everything that was there that was edible. Amen. The Scripture said that they were selling doves' dung to eat. Amen. They were selling horses' heads to eat. Amen. There was even one cry of a mother that went out and said, King, do something. And the king heard the cry of the woman and the woman said yesterday we ate my child saying today we're going to eat her child and now today she won't let us devour her child amen it was a desperate time amen it's desperate in the in the city when it comes time that you're eating doves dung it's desperate time that when you're eating horses heads it's desperate time when you're devouring your own children. It was a bad time in the Word of God. Amen. It was troublesome times in the Word of God. Can I tell you today some of you are eating doves dung spiritually. It's been so long since you had a breakthrough. It's been so long since you had a miracle. Amen. You're feasting on the horse's head. Amen. You start biting and devouring one another. Amen. It's bad times. It's troublesome times. But I want to tell you in somebody's spirit, in somebody's heart, in somebody's soul, in somebody's gizzard, there's got to be a spirit of desperation that'll say, hey, I'm not living like this. I'm better than this. I can do better than what I'm doing. Amen. 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 The system that America has of taking care of the less fortunate has been abused because people have lost their desire to better themselves. 
such a good system has been abused because people learn how to beat the system when it was never intended for you to raise your family on welfare. It was intended for you to help you out of a bad situation to where the day would come that you would... I know that's not politically correct, but it's being abused in society. Amen. But but I tell you, it is bred over into the church. Amen. That people are living on the bottom. We are scavengers hunting for what falls to the bottom. You know what falls to the bottom? Waste falls to the bottom. Amen. The good food is still at the top. Every once in a while, there's got to be a spirit in you that says, I'm not about to stay here. I'm not about to die in my misery. There's better than this that's waiting. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's better in serving God than living in the project spiritually. There's better in America than living in the projects. Amen. Welfare was not meant for a state of everybody depending on it. But it was depending on it until you could get your feet back under. But you know what happened? People lose their desperation to succeed. Amen. The American dream is I'm going to get more. I'm going to have more. I'm going to be more. I'm going to do more. I'm going to experience more. But the adversary has killed that spirit and he's working his way into the church. Amen. That's the reason why God has got to get in you and give you the spirit of desperation because some of you don't realize how desperate a situation you're in. Did you hear me? Some do not realize how desperate of a situation that you're in. Lost children. And we act like, oh, oh well. Lost husbands, lost wives. And we act like, oh well. Lacks in our church attendance. And we act like, oh well. We're living on the prayers that have been prayed for the years past. And it's trickling down. And we just reach out and we get just a little bit of blessing. And woo! Boy, that was good. That was just like it used to be. When it could be just like it used to be every day of your life. There's people that's backslid that don't even realize... They're backslid because they do not have the sense of desperation. If you have problems buying and devouring one another and talking about your brother and talking about your sister and talking about this one, and talking about that one, you're in the state that Samaria was in. There is no food supply. So we turn into a bunch of spiritual cannibals. 
We haven't went out and got any food to bring into the storehouse. So we're working on each other. And we're devouring one another. And we're talking about one another. And we're dealing with this and dealing with that and fussing with this and fussing with that. I, I, you know, I tell you, in my marriage relationship, life's too short to fuss and argue all the time. Do we ever have disagreements? Occasionally. <laughs> More occasion than it should. But, but still, life's too short. Life's too short to be fussing with people in the house of God. Today I ate my son. Tomorrow we're going to eat your son. You know what happens? If you eat theirs today, they're going to eat yours tomorrow. What did I just say? I said you might be eating theirs today. But tomorrow, it's going to be your child. It's going to be your husband. It's going to be your, your wife. It's going to be your friend. Bad times. Bad times calls for desperate measures. Troublesome times calls to do desperate things. Oh, I, I hope, I wish to God. I feel like I'm failing trying to get my point across to you this morning, but I, I feel this strongly in the Spirit today. Desperate times. There was four leprous men. The prophet Elijah went in and he told them, said, tomorrow about this time. There's going to be wheat sold. There's going to be barley sold in the gates. And there was a man that was a high-ranking official in the kingdom. And he said, if God opens up the windows of heaven, this cannot be so. And the prophet of God said, you're going to see it, but you won't ever experience it because you doubted God. Amen. Some of you... <clears throat> to the place in your life where you say it can't be fixed. It can't be worked out. This is the way it's got to be. This is the way it's always been. And this is the way it's always going to be. I've just got to get used to the situation. I can't get used to the situation. I can't get used to my air conditioner going out in July. I can't get used to my vehicle running out of gas and me walking to the service station to get a five-gallon can of gas to put in it. I just don't get used to having flats and saying, this is the way it's always been, so this is the way it's always going to be. Oh, no, there's desperation that moves in me and says, i got to get Charles right on the phone. And I call him and I said, i got to have you, and i got to have you now. It's hot in my house and I need some AC. I've had him out in the middle of the night. I've called him. I said, man, we're trying to have church. You can't have church when it's 100 degrees in the building. Get out here and fix these air conditioners. I can't get used to it. Neither can I get used to barely making it and living for God. I can't get used to the struggle. I can't get used to the trials. Even I get my mind set. There's a desperation in me. There's a better day coming. Amen. There's more for me. There's more in God for me. I cannot stay like I'm staying. 
Oh, hallelujah. Four leprous men standing on the outside of the gate. They're hungry. They look in the city and they see nothing in the city is any better than what we got it out here. Now, we can go in the city where they don't want us anyway. Amen. That's the reason why the drug addicts got to know there's place in the house of God. Amen. The prostitutes got to know there's help in the house of God. They looked at the city and said, they don't want us in there. Amen. Help us to never be the church that looks at the prostitute, that looks at the drug addict, that looks at the alcoholic, that looks at those who are less fortunate than ourselves, and say, oh, no, 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 no. You're not welcome in this place. Amen. There needs to be an open door that says, yes, yes, yes. For such were some of you, but you have been washed. Thank God for the blood. 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 It still works. It still works. When somebody gets desperate, it will still work. Oh, I wish the rest of you believed that today. You say, when you're going to quit. I tell you, when I'm going to quit is when everybody gets on board and says, Hey, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Four leprous men looks back to the city and says, You know, they throwed us out of there. They don't want us in there. Besides that, they're eating their young in there. Besides that, they're eating doves' dung in there. Besides that, they're eating donkeys' heads in there. I don't think that's a place that we want to go. There's no other place to go than to the Syrian army. Now, I'll tell you, boys, they might kill us out there. They might throw us under the bus and put us under the sword. They might run us over with their horses and with their chariots. But all we're going to do is die. And if we stay here, we're going to die. You know what happened in those leprous men? God gave them a spirit and a gift of desperation. Oh, some of you is not hearing me today, but would you please tune in and hear what the Lord is saying. God gave them a spirit and the gift of desperation that says, I can't stay here any longer. I can't put up with it any longer. I've got to make a change. I've got to move. If you stay where you're, where you're at, you'll backslide. If you stay where you're at, you won't be here much longer. If you stay where you're at, you're never going to get victory in God. But if you would pray and say, God, some way, somehow, give me the gift of desperation. This man, this story that I was relaying to you, he said he really didn't even realize his problem. He knew he had a problem, but it wasn't that bad of a problem. Knew he had trouble, but not that bad of trouble. Until God gave him the gift. Why do you call desperation a gift? Because it refuses to allow you to be 
as you are. It refuses to allow you to be as you are. How many has ever made all the money you want to make in life? You have reached that point. You don't want to make another dollar. They can stop your all your income. You've got all your... No. We want to keep making it. Brother Duplessis has already said he wants money and time to run out at the same time. Even all of us want to do that. We reach for more. You don't go to work just because... I've heard of people, oh, I'm a workaholic. I love to go to work. You let them stop that check for three weeks and see how you love it. But you want more. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. But it's got to be like that in serving God. I've not reached the pinnacle that I want to get to. I've not climbed the highest mountain that I want to climb. I know I might be going a little lengthy, but I'm not going to preach tonight, so give me that 30 minutes that I was going to take tonight. Amen. But but I haven't reached the point that I want to reach in God. Oh, yes, man, I spoke in tongues. I felt good last week, but it's another day. It's another week. And I've got to have a different move of God today than I had last week. I've got to have it every day. I can't make it without it. I can't stay the same. I've got to be changed. I wonder today, is there anybody in this place that realizes, hey, man, I'm missing out on the desperate feeling that I once had about how serious it is to be full of the Holy Ghost, about how serious it is to be right with God, about how serious it is for my teenagers to be right with God, about how serious it is for my family to be right with God. That desperation is gone. I wonder if anybody will pray, God, some way, somehow, give me the gift of desperation one more time. Hallelujah. 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 These leprous men decided, hey, let's go unto the host of Syria. And they started walking towards Syria. What's these men going to do? What's these four ate up, disfigured, mangled bodies going to do? They're walking through there, going to the Syrian army's camp. They're trained warriors. They don't even have good hands. They don't even have fingers because the leprosy had eaten off their fingers. They can't hardly walk. They're disfigured. Amen. But they're going, hey, God stirred something up in them. Amen. You can let someone that's never prospered in serving God never come to the forefront in serving God. But all of a sudden, they have an encounter with God. Amen. They might be staggering. They might be disfigured. They might have come from the drug world. Amen. They might not have the good things that we have, but something is stirred up in their spirit. And they got a spirit of desperation that drives them to an altar. And God uses them in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I'm going. I'm going to the Syrian. What can they do? 
They could do nothing on their own. But what the king couldn't do, what the one who the king leaned on could not do, what the leaders in the city could not do, God was able to do. Hunger will drive you to desperate measures. When you get hungry enough, man, I can smell the beans cooking. Smell that old Billy Bob. Look over there, John. Get that in your nostrils. I haven't had anything to eat in a month. But I can smell the... Ooh, that's coming. That's coming from the host of Syria. And old Joe says you can't have that, John. But John says, oh yes, Joe. There's something that's changed on the inside of me. How many times have you seen somebody that just falls out in the Holy Ghost and gets drunk in the Spirit and their mouth is just moving under the power of God and they're speaking in tongues and you say, boy, I'd like to feel that. I'd like to get carried away like that. And something in the back of your mind says, you can't do that. You can't get to that place. Amen. But I want to tell you today, there's a spirit of desperation that God is trying to give this church to drive us to the place that, yeah, I'm going to go. Yes, I'm going to go. Yes, I'm going to move. There's something different in my spirit than what's been there in the past. Come on, John. I'll go with you. Well, if you're going to go, John and Joe, I guess I'll go. Come on, Billy Bob. And they all start marching. And something about that gift of desperation, that when they had put their foot down, it didn't sound like a soft foot, but it sounded like the host of the armies of the Egyptians. The Syrians are listening. What are they hearing? I want to tell you what they're going to hear if you'll let God give you that spirit that He's trying to give you today. Some of you is resisting it. Some of you don't want to move. Some don't want to step out. Some don't want to reach out. But I want to tell you, if you open up your heart today and say, God, do it for me. God, I'm here. God, give me a spirit of desperation. It'll make you where you wake up in the middle of the night. Amen. I like what Sister Renee said. Said these sisters woke up and said, I gotta pray for Sister Renee. Amen. Thank God for a spirit that'll wake us up and we start calling somebody's name. In the middle of the night. Amen. And to keep you awake about your babies. God help my children. God move in their lives. God do a work in their heart. (laughs) 
I can imagine some of them looking out over the gates of the city, up on the wall. Where is these crazy leprous men going? Look at them staggering out there toward the enemy's camp. What do they think they're going to do? Where do they think they're going? What do they think's going to happen? But what had happened, something had changed in their spirit. Amen. I wish we would get a hold of something that would change in our spirit. It doesn't make us a meek mild even when it comes to God, but it comes into us and we walk into the house of God. I'm coming after it, devil. I'm coming after a miracle. I'm coming after deliverance. I'm coming after victory. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Praise God. Praise God as they get closer. The noise to the Syrian army is magnified. As they get closer, it sounds like a host of the armies of the Egyptians. As they get closer, they can hear the swords clanging when there were no swords. They can hear the sheaths banging against their side when there was none there. Why? Because God had gave them a spirit of desperation. Let me tell you, when that spirit gets a hold of you, you can do things you never thought you could do. You overcome circumstances that you never thought you would overcome. You would have victory that you never thought that you would have victory over. You can make it through sinful situations that you would fall prey to before because there's a different spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody reach out to God right now. Somebody reach out to God right now. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to talk to somebody right now. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to move in someone's life right now. Oh, desperate times calls for desperate measures. Desperate situations calls for desperate people. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I fought this problem as long as I'm going to fight it. I'm coming after victory. I wonder if there's anybody in the house today. Oh, that wants to scream out to God right now. I'm coming after victory. There's a spirit that's stirring up on the inside of me. That's it, church. Somebody reach out to God. Somebody reach out to God. If you don't know God and the power of the Holy Ghost today, let me introduce to you, you to Him. Amen. All you got to do is repent. That's saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Ask Him to come into your life. That's the Holy Ghost. Be buried in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ in water baptism. Oh, it's the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life.